Praise God. A couple, a couple of Sundays ago, or three perhaps, uh, we had a, an anointing and a prayer service for the spirit of discernment that morning, and followed up this morning with those who weren't here for that particular service, because the spirit of discernment is so is so important for us as Christians. But it's one thing for us to stand in an anointing line or have someone pray for you or if you are in your private prayer with God which we should always be asking for gifts of the Spirit for you to be anointed for the Spirit of discernment and for you even having the Spirit of discernment but not using it but not using it you know so it's like you having a beautiful car parked in your garage but yet still you know you insist on catching the bus or whatever and you won't take advantage of the fact that you have that car so you have this powerful gift called discernment but we as Christians as children of God if we don't use it then then what good is it and how how is it going to help us in our day-to-day lives the Lord knows with all that's going on today and you don't have to be a mind reader or anything else to see what's going on in the news around you and you don't even have to look to current events on the national or international level but just look around in your own personal lives your lives at work, at school, in the neighborhood or whatever it is that you're doing from day to day your life going into the store when you're shopping at Walmart or Winco or any other store that you're in shopping that spirit of discernment is invaluable to us as Christians and so we need to understand what it is and how it is that we should be using it so this message today is indeed on understanding and using discernment now when you are prayed for for any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, the expectation is that God is always faithful and true, obviously. So if God is anointing you for a particular gift, then you need to work, need to work and go forth on the assumption that is indeed that gift has been given to you. All right. But we also have to do like in, in learning speech as a child, when a child is growing up, they start with words, you know, mama, goo goo, baba, and all those sorts of things. But in time, in hearing your speech, they start mimicking you and they start exercising the ability to speak until at that point in time they become more and more fluent in their in their speech well so it is with the gifts of the spirit any one of the gifts all right if God is anointing you and blessing you with a gift you have to use it you have to practice it you have to work it and use it you know otherwise it's kind of a gift that's lying there dormant that's in you you know and many times we'll have things at least relative to discernment many times we'll have things that will happen to us and then you'll move forward and then after you're in some sort of a disaster or after something has happened and things are going terribly wrong around you many many times we children of God will hear that quiet still voice do you remember when so and so happened do you remember when I showed you did you see this did you see that did you hear this did you hear that and you'll remember you'll say oh gee whiz you know I should have listened. I should, I should have listened, you know. And I'm not exempt from that. I don't mind mind saying that uh, um, I went to buy some lunch the other day and not sidetracking at all, but uh, buying a salad. And I picked up a particular salad that had eggs in it, you know, boiled eggs in it. And when I picked it up and looked at it, there was a little quiet something that just said to me, don't buy those, you know. And I put it down and I went and I picked up something else and I looked back at it again and I heard it again, no, get something else. Being rushed for time, lunch hour and so on, I said, ah, and I went on and bought it anyway. And then lo and behold, after I ate that thing, later on that afternoon, I was violently ill, violently ill, violently ill. I mean, to the point that I thought I had food poisoning. And as I was giving up my insides, 
I heard the still small voice. In my, my, in my mind's eye, I was taken right back to the store where I was, standing over the freezer, over the little refrigerator, picking up those eggs. And I believe that was Holy Spirit telling me, do not buy those eggs, because they were probably spoiled, you see. So I'm not exempt from that. So because of that, and as the week went on and everything, and then the Lord reminded me about how I prayed for everyone here for the spirit of discernment a few Sundays ago, that I need to let you all know that it's one thing to be prayed for for the spirit of discernment and for whether or not you use it. Because if you don't use it, then it's something that is not, it won't be helping you. Amen. So after we get ourselves into trouble, then we start thinking, gee whiz, I should have listened, or was that a sign? So today we're going to look from a biblical perspective, just how is discernment used, okay? And what is God's intention? Why do we even need discernment? Why is discernment mentioned here so much in the Bible, you know? If you're using and activating that spirit of discernment, someone will be talking to you about something, someone will be giving you some advice, quote-unquote, about something, and the Holy Spirit in you will give you that discernment. Oh, no, no, no. What this person is saying is far from word-based. It's far from being God-based. And you, you won't digest it and you won't receive it. So the spirit of discernment. Why do we even need this discernment? Let's go to the first book of Kings. First book of Kings. The wonderful thing about being a child of God and listening to Holy Spirit is that no matter how mature you are in the Lord that you can always learn from God you can always learn from your experiences and my, myself included you know case in point um, just because I'm a pastor does not mean that I can just go through this life just thinking oh I'm just so anointed I don't have to think about anything I don't have to listen I can just go on no that's a big mistake so this discernment in who, in who we are and how we learn about the gifts and how we learn about God and how he operates Holy Spirit how he operates Jesus how he operates is more and more important for us to be successful so the first book of Kings chapter 3 and we want to go with verse number 1 1 Kings 3 verse number 1 okay praise the living God 1 Kings 3 verse number 1 praise the living God I'm not in a rush I want all of us to really get this today because it's so important Amen. 1 Kings 3, verse number 1. And Solomon, <clears throat> and Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David, until he had finished building his own house in the house of the Lord, in the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed, only the people sacrificed in high places, because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burned incense in high places. High places, that's where the, where the temples, you know, the makeshift temples were. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. Please underline, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. Now, can you imagine God coming to you and asking, what shall I give you? Now, how many, you know, just stop and pause for a second. If God was to ask you that in a dream, you knew that was God, what would be your response? A Ferrari, a Cadillac, a mansion, you know? 
How many, how many of us would really ask for something that's really important from God? So God asked him, what shall I give thee? Verse number 6 says, And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto my, my serv- thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Please mind, I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or, or come in. Now, just pausing there again in the first place, what, is, what has he done here? What has Solomon done here that's very, very important? First of all, it's how he's viewing himself, his sense of self-worth, so to speak. He is the king, yet still he's not saying that I am this mighty God guy before God is going and he says, I'm like a little child. And God, you know, without you, I don't even know how to tie my shoes, so to speak. You know, I don't know how to go out or to come in. So he's telling God that, that I, I'm, I'm so helpless. I'm helpless. How many of us think of ourselves as being helpless without God, you know? So many times when things are happening in our lives, we start thinking about what we want to do or start thinking what results we want to gain instead of saying, well, wait a minute, God, I don't know how to do this. You know, should I do this, first of all? Is this what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to go? Is this the action you want me to take? Or I'm just going to go on and do it because this is what I know that's best for me. Amen? So he's asking God, he's saying to God, that I know not how to go out or come in. Verse 8 says, And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, whom thou hast chosen, a great people, who cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. All right? Now, how many people that are in leadership positions today will take time and say, well, gee, is I've got this multitude of people that I'm supposed to be over supposed to be governing but yet still I'm like a little child God I don't know how to govern these people I need your advice I need your actions all right? he goes on to say in verse number 9 give therefore thy servant an understanding heart now this is in answer to God's request what is it that, that uh, what shall I give thee he's saying give therefore thy servant an understanding heart underline that please give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may what underline discern between good and bad. Underline, discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy great people? So he's basically saying to God, you've put me in charge of this great multitude of people. The one thing that I ask for, Lord, is to give me the ability to discern between good and bad. So here we see now here in scripture here that the, the, the subject of discernment to Solomon was very, very important because he's saying, I'm in charge of all these people and if I can't discern between good and bad, then I'm going to be in trouble because I've got all of these people that I'm responsible for, okay? So that's the first thing that I, in our minds there that we should be thinking about in our day-to-day lives, or better still, ask yourself where you are in your day-to-day life, be it whether you're in school, you're going to work, whether you're at home, whatever it is that you're doing during the day, how badly do you need to have discernment? To be able to understand between that which is good and that which is bad, you see? Because not everything that comes before you, you, you know, you know it would be really neat that if everything we picked up in life when something was bad had a label with a skull and crossbones, you know, like it was poison, alright? Okay? But the things that are really bad for us in life many times come with a, with a label like, you know, honey, sugar, you know, or something that's very, very attractive, alright? So how then are we as human beings able to discern or to understand what is good for us and what is bad? Because we can't read people's minds. We don't know the futures, the situations. 
someone comes to you with a lie on his tongue, someone comes to you with, 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 with a, a, a lie in, in terms of what you should do or the facts of life or anything else that's important, Some, you, someone that comes to you with a lie for the purpose of lying to you, or maybe not they're, they're not trying to deceive you, but they just don't know themselves, and they're telling you this thing, and it sounds so good, how are you to discern between good and bad? Okay? Alright? How are you to discern? The things that are really bad for us, it says that the Satan will, can appear as an angel of light. Things that appear to us as good does not necessarily mean that they're good. You see, so Solomon is wisdom. That's why he was called one of the wisest men on earth. Solomon is wisdom. Instead of asking God for more riches and everything, which he had plenty of, he said, Lord, give me the ability. He says, I'm like a child. I don't know how to deal with this situation. Give me the, give me the ability to discern between the two. Let's go to Malachi. Malachi. Building the foundation here for, for why discernment is so... Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Okay. And we're just going to start at verse number uh, 16 because everyone here is familiar with 3. Verses 7 uh, through, you know, through up to 15 is all talking about tithing and about robbing God and so forth. And how can you expect to be blessed if you're, if you're, you know, if you're robbing God? And then it goes on to say that if you are tithing, though, God says basically to prove me, test me. You, know, you start tithing and, and watch how you're going to be blessed. I'll open up the windows of heaven and so on like that. But what many times we don't realize about that these scriptures and that if you read on there's another importance here that's very very tight that's very important for us and that is starting with um, verse number 16 then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another and the Lord hearkened and heard it and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serves him. Then shall you return and discern. Please underline discern. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. Please underline all of that. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. Now, many times people that are reading this scripture pertaining to tithing and giving, they lock into those other scriptures about tithing, God open up the windows of heaven and bless you and so on like that. But they don't realize that also that if you're not tithing and not giving to God, then it says return and discernment between the righteous and the wicked, uh, between him that serves, you won't have that ability. So your lack of giving to God, your lack of tithing can also impact your, your ability to discern between what is right and what is wrong. And between him, more importantly, that serves God and him that does not. Okay? You see, and so many times, especially in this day and age, where you hear people that come out and, you know, and they'll say they're Christians, you know, and I don't know how many times you've heard the politicians talk about I'm a Christian and so on like that. But then look at the things that they're doing. 
Right? Look at what they're not doing. You know, so many times in our lives we run across people that are professing themselves to be Christians, but, 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 but what are they really, really doing that is in line with God's word, you see? So if we don't have that discernment, you know, you can have someone sitting in front of you with a big old Bible open, you know, sitting there, you know, a big old heavy 10-pound Bible, and they're going through this thing, and they're preaching, and they're sounding with this gifted voice and so on like that, and they could be preaching their way into Hades. Yes, so you sit there not discerning between what is of God and what is of not. You see, and this is so important today because so much is happening out there today where what is right is really considered what's wrong and what's wrong is what is considered right. They're trying to get God out of the picture on every single level, every place that you go. So as we as Christians, if we're not able to discern what is right and what is wrong, and and more importantly here, between him that serves God and him that serves him not, Again, how many times have you heard people say that I'm a Christian? Oh yes, I serve God. All right, But if you don't have that gift of discernment and you know oh, this person is saying one thing, but his heart is someplace else, then if you're not careful, you'll go following hook, line, and sinker what that person is saying to you. And your ear will be open to what they're saying. And then you could wind up being led astray. Okay? So the spirit of discernment. You can be prayed for and God can give you that gift, but it also takes, you, takes some ability where, where it takes some action on your part to exercise it and to really, really use it, you see. And the, the important thing is that many times we, we in the body of Christ, we think of the gifts of God as some, I don't know, some spiritual twilight zone something. That, yeah, it says in Scripture this will happen. Yeah, it talks about the gifts. But, but we many times don't really, really take these things seriously, you know. And many, many times it doesn't, you don't realize it until it's too late. Until something has already happened and you find yourself in a place where you should have listened to God or God was giving you some hints. God will many times, many, many times give us hints about some things to do or things not to do. God does not want us as his children to just, just go off and walk off a pier and don't even realize that the pier is too short you know God will give us warning signs but many times we kind of poo-poo it because of the fact that we want to do what we want to do alright so if you're really serious about using this gift of discernment then you have to first of all set in your heart okay Lord if you give me discernment to discern something left or right or good or bad I'm not going to let, excuse me, I'm not going to let my wishes get into the way of it, alright? Because if we let our will get into the way of, of discernment, then God may be giving us warning signs about doing something, or, or not doing something, or not going someplace, or going someplace, but because we want to do it, we insist on going on anyway, alright? And then afterwards, then it will come back to you, or through someone else, maybe another child of God, God, Holy Spirit will tell that child of God, well, do you remember when so-and-so and so-and-so? Do you remember when you saw so and so and so and so, alright, and then you remember, oh yeah, gee whiz, I shouldn't have done that, alright? But now, the beautiful news there is even, is that God is a loving God, and God knows that we are constantly learning, that none of us are perfect, that we do indeed make mistakes. So if we make that mistake, learn from it, learn from it. Learn to, to recognize when Holy Spirit was trying to tell you to do something or not to do something, and you went on and did it anyway. It was a learning experience for me in Safeway <laughs> with that lunch. All right, I will never go back there again, you see. But, it, but discernment can play in, in many, many levels of your life. Don't think that this only has to be about huge, tremendous things or actions that you have to take. It could be in the most 
subtle areas of your life. So here you see there, even relative to giving, it can impact our ability to understand or, or to discern between him that serves God and him that doesn't serve him. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. The person that doesn't uh, serve him. 1 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. One Corinthians, I'm sorry, one Corinthians two first, I'm sorry, one Corinthians two. One Corinthians two. One Corinthians two. One Corinthians two, verse number nine. You know, at one time or several times we've talked about the existence of a spiritual realm that takes place all around us. But to understand that realm, even, you have to have discernment. Um, if we, a few sermons ago, we talked about the spiritual realities. If you know that there is a spiritual realm out there, and you know that there are, are angels and there are demons, and, and this isn't some philosophical discussion. God spoke about it, speaks about it, Jesus speaks about it. Amen. So these things exist. If you realize that, then... Being that we can't see into that world on a moment-by-moment basis, then again, this spirit of discernment or power of discernment comes into play again. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number uh, 9. Start at verse number 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Okay, so please underline that, the things that God has prepared for, for them that love him. All right, I has not seen, I nor, nor ear heard, nothing has come into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. In other words, you can't begin to imagine or understand what God has prepared for you. You just can't. You know, God is such a great God and such a loving God. It's just beyond our understanding, okay, about what God has has, uh, in store for us. Uh, Verse number 10. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep, underline the deep things of God. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, this is another step that we have to take in our quest um, for knowing God, for knowing Jesus, for knowing, understand, uh, knowing and understanding Holy Spirit, is that you have to get to the place that you realize that, that there's, there's a lot more to being a Christian than going to church. There's a lot more to being a, being a Christian than just occasionally read, reading the Bible. There are things out there that we can't begin to understand what God has in store for us. But what this is saying here is that through is revealed to us by Holy Spirit. All right, for those uh, for the Spirit searches, searches all things. Sorry, yea, the deep things of God. As a child of God, you've got to get to the point where in your heart, in your spirit. And this is something that no man can do for you. I can't do it for you. I don't care how gifted a preacher will be. At some point in your heart, you've got to get to the point where you are saying to God, God, I am tired of just playing church. I'm tired of just playing Christian. I want to really get into the deep things of you. Okay? This is like you saying, I've played in the waiting pool long enough. Okay? 
Uh, remember we had it, the pool and the first end, one end was three feet or something like that and then the other side went to ten feet, you know, and not many of us dared go into the ten foot, you know. But at some point, I'm tired of playing in a wading pool. I want to get into the deeper things because that's where it's really going to challenge my ability to swim. That's where I'm really going to have to use everything that I have. So in getting to God here, you have to get to the place where you're saying to yourself, okay, Lord, I want to get into understanding the deeper things of you. And if you really, really mean that, you really, really mean that, and you start acting as a mature Christian, God will, will keep that, will honor, will honor what he's saying here, and start revealing things by his spirit to you on a much deeper level. Much deeper level. There is so much out there that you cannot begin to understand that is available to the Christian, to the child of God, when that person actually says, Okay, Lord, I'm tired of touching the surface. I want to get deeper to you, deeper with you. Because it says here in verse number 10, God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. All right? So in other words here, the only one that knows anything really, really, really about you is you. You know? You, you know, you, I don't care whether it's your husband, your wife, you, or who, whoever it is, you know. You, you, no one knows every single thought. No one knows the deeper things of any person, of any human being. You, you, just, you simply can't. You know, not that anyone is necessarily intentionally hiding things from you, but you, sim- you simply can't know every single emotion or thought that goes through every man's head. The only one that knows that is that particular man or woman. So what this is saying here, no man. So it's the same thing with God. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. So the only one that knows the deeper things of God, the same way the only ones that knows the deeper things of you is you, the only one that, that knows the deeper things of God is the Holy Spirit. So who better then to tell us the things of God than Holy Spirit, you see? But if we're not using discernment where we're able to hear Holy Spirit, then we won't hear or understand the deeper things of God. So God could be saying, don't take a walk off that pier because it's short. But you decide because, oh boy, what's at the end of that pier, boy, that's where the fishing really is good. And you decide you want to go there anyway, and, and there's disaster waiting for you, you see, instead of listening to the Holy Spirit. You see, so the only one that knows the deeper things of God is the Spirit of God. Verse 12, now we have received, now, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is of God, that we might know, please underline, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. All right. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, not the way way men outside of outside of the Lord behave, but the spirit who is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But this but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can and he know them because they are spiritually discerned. All right? So in other words, the person here that is not following God and is not in the Lord, that person cannot understand the deep spiritual things because he's not following God. All right? And, and, and those people will kind of poo-poo or dismiss that those things are foolishness. You know? If I stood up here in a secular audience to start preaching this, talking the same message that I'm saying today, they'd probably look at me like I was crazy. Because they have no idea where I'm coming from relative to Holy Spirit and things about deep spiritual things. They say, oh, well, well, why can't I understand that too? If I read those scriptures like you, I can understand what it's saying. That's not what the Bible says. It says that it's only revealed to babes. It's only revealed to people that are in the Lord. All right? 
right? And people, people will dismiss it. I have seen, actually, some other Christians that when you get into deep spiritual matters, matters they will kind of dismiss it or poop it because they don't understand it. Why? Because they're not listening to Holy Spirit. You know, every one of us sitting here in this sanctuary today, we don't have... We don't have a corner on the Holy Spirit. We don't have a a, a personal market on the Holy Spirit. Every single child of God has access to the same Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is more than willing to speak to every single child of God the way he's speaking to you. But it's just that some of us just either refuse to hear it for other reasons because they're either puffed up in self or they're willing to listen to other people rather than wanting to know the deep things of God. So when you get to the point of really wanting to know the deep things of God, this is like, Lord, I'm locking you in a room (laughs) with me. It's me and you, God. And I want to know all that I can about you. I'm locking out all these other people. I don't want to hear from Aunt Tilly or anybody else. I want to know from you. Take me into your deeper space. Take me into that deep place with you. All right? All right? And God is saying in his word that if you're searching the way King Solomon was searching, that God will, will, will give you that. He'll give you that. But you've got to get out of self. You've got to get your desires out of your way. You've got to stop thinking, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I prefer to do. And when Holy Spirit is telling you something else, then you need to listen to him. You need to listen because it's, it's for your own good. That same night following that lunch encounter that I had, my wife made dinner, a beautiful salad. There wasn't any eggs in it, but the mere thought, looking at the lettuce... I could not eat it. I could not. And it will probably be a while before I get back around to eating salad. Okay? Okay? You see? Okay? All right. And, and, and why? For a couple of reasons. What goes through my psyche and what goes through my spirit. Not only the taste and how uncomfortable it was to be ill the way I was, but the fact that I didn't listen. You see? And I've been walking in the Lord long enough to know better. I've been walking in the Lord long enough. I know His voice. Believe me, I know his voice. All right? But that day, because I chose, that was what I wanted to eat instead. All right? And the Lord reminded me as clear as day. Took me back visually. I remember the woman who was standing next to me. I don't want to too long into the story, but I, I, I remember the color clothes she has on. The whole scenario, the whole scene, the Lord brought back to me vividly. And as I stood there, holding that thing in my hand. Okay? So what I'm saying to you is that you've got to get self out of the way. I don't care what you want to do or what your expectation is of your life or what you think should happen. If Holy Spirit is giving you through discernment, don't listen to that person. Don't go there. Don't take this trip. Don't go down to the store. Don't drive that route. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. All right? You need to listen. You need to listen. All right? Because God is showing you something. All right? Now, the other thing also with discernment is that God, in preparing you for this as his children, you know, we are almost like his students because we're kind of learning. We're growing in Him. When God gets to the point in seeing you and how you react and how you're willing to listen to Him and how you will do what Holy Spirit is telling you to do regardless, irregardless of what you want to do, then God knows, okay, I can trust Him. I can trust her, okay? Because now she hears my voice and she's listening. He hears my voice and He's acting in accordance with. 
When God starts seeing you acting like that consistently, then God realizes now I can start trusting him or trusting her with more of the deeper things of mine. Okay? Are you going to, you know, my, my proverbial, you know, nine-year-old kid giving him the keys to your Cadillac? Are you going to give the nine-year-old kid, you know, the, the keys to your best and most luxurious car? I don't think so. Amen. Why? Because he doesn't have the experience or the wisdom, for that matter, how to operate it. Amen? So God is not going to entrust really the deep things. And it's interesting that Scripture says, searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So that goes to tell us right there then that there is a distinction between things of God that are somewhat, and I'm not making this menial or dismissing what God gives us, but there are apparently some things that are more at the surface. Learning of God, which are more easier to grasp. But then there are the deeper things of God. And those deeper things of God are not going to be revealed unto us until we start learning how to use discernment. And God knows that we're, that we're going to hear what, what he's telling us and we're going to act accordingly. Amen? Amen? Um, uh, verse 13 again. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the man that does not know the Lord receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? The things that you know were given to you by uh, given to you spiritually. If someone is arguing with you when you're sitting down talking about a particular scripture or talking about something in, in the Bible relative to God, the deeper things, and that person is not getting it, it's because of the fact that they, it has not been revealed to them by the Spirit. Or they had, maybe the Holy Spirit was trying to reveal it, but they haven't picked it up. Alright? So when you're talking to someone and they're, and they're looking at you like you're from Mars, it's because what you're saying just cannot be received by them because they're not where you are spiritually. All right, verse number 15. But he that is spiritually judges or examines, he that is spiritual examines all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Alright? So you see there now how, how this discernment, as you can see, it's obviously something that is Holy Spirit driven. Um, verse number, uh, chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Praise the living God. Chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Oh, this is so good. The beautiful thing is that we don't have to go through this life alone, you know. And when you stop and think about it, you know, the partner that we have, so to speak, is God himself. Then that means that there's nothing in this life relative to you that you can't know, especially when God's trying to tell it to you, you know. Uh, for, for, your, for your better and your well-being. I'm not talking, okay, Lord, you know, tell me where I'm going to be in 20 years and what kind of suit I'm going to wear, what kind of car I'm going to you know, I'm not talking about crystal, crystal ball gazing, but knowing that, going through life, knowing that God, Holy Spirit, is there with you. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 4. 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God who works all in all. all right, so there are many gifts and things like that, but it's all coming from the same Spirit. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. Or to benefit, alright? So, God is not going to give manifestations only to me because I'm a pastor. 
You do the same for every single person sitting in this sanctuary. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, please underline, to another discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and every and, and the very same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. Alright? So these things are given to man as Holy Spirit so, so decides. Alright? So when we pray for the spirit of discernment, this is Holy Spirit that has given you this gift. It's not me, it's not anyone else that's given you this gift. So we see here that this, this is indeed a gift. If it's something that God has given you, God doesn't take gifts and take them away from you either. God, God is not a person that says, you take this and, alright, you've been acting up now, so I'm going to take it back from you, alright? So that means that you indeed, it's God's will that you have that gift. We see in Hebrews 9, Hebrews 4 rather, Hebrews 4, Okay, Hebrews chapter 4, and verse number 9. Okay, verse number 9. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into this rest, he also has ceased from his own works. Please underline, he has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. All right? At some point in our lives, we've got to get to the point where we stop working. All right? And I don't mean obviously going to work nine to five, you know, working in the backyard. I'm talking about working and struggling to maintain and manage our lives. Okay? All we have to do is do what God is telling us to do. All right? Entering into that rest. Verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, the only thing that we should work at doing, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, unless any, unless any man fall after the same example of unbelief, okay? okay, or disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow, and is and is a discerner underline a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, so we see it now. The word of God is very, very, very important because it is something that cuts through the nonsense. Cuts through the nonsense. You know, it gets to helping us to discern what is what is real and what is unreal, so to speak. Okay, and 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 is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto his eye, unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Hold fast our profession. Now we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Underline boldly. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Alright, so that means we need to, to bring it 
bring it to God. So we need, so we need to use even discernment. Uh, in order to use discernment, we have to understand the Word of God, because the Word of God helps you to discern. Um, I always say that the Word of God is kind of your barometer. It's it's the litmus test. Do I go left? Do I go right? Do I believe this person? Do I not believe this person? Do I take this action? Do I not take this action? Because if you can find it in the word of God, and you will, and you will, someone is telling you something, the first thing you should be, and and someone's telling you something, first of all, Holy Spirit in you is going to tell you, this is suspect. You know, something doesn't sound right here. Something doesn't feel right here. So the litmus test is, what does the word of God say about it? Okay, if you can't find it, you can't find what that subject matter is or what that person is saying in the word of the Bible, in, in the word of God, then you need to quickly get it out of your mind. All right, quickly get it out of your mind. All right, so, so that's, your, that's your litmus point, your litmus, litmus test. It says there that the word of God is like a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. All right, so the word of God here can help you to discern between what is the intent of someone even. All right, what's the, the intent or the thoughts and so on. So we have to remember that the word of God is very important. You know, and I, I can't overemphasize how we need to take some time in reading the word. Everyone's life is busy. I know that, you know, but you can certainly, especially with the electronic Bibles and everything today, I mean, you can, you can lay in, in bed there just before you go to bed and, and read some scriptures. You know, I mean, we do it all, all the time. It's a lot lighter than holding a Bible. And if you go to sleep and drop your Palm Pilot on your face, it doesn't hurt as much as the Bible does, you know. Okay, but anyway, but 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 read it, you know. Take some time and get serious in the Word of God because that's where that's where your God's wisdom is. And then the last scriptures here in closing go to one John, little John, in the back of the book here, right before Jude. One John, chapter four. 1 John chapter 4 and starting with verse number 1 1 John 4 verse number 1 Beloved believe not every spirit please underline that Beloved believe not every spirit but test or try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world all right just to pause there for a moment. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Don't believe everything that you hear. Amen? Don't believe that this advice that someone is trying to give me is gospel. You know? Don't think that, gee whiz, you know, because I want to go to such and such a place, that that's got to be what God wants me to do. And just because the ticket that I got was, man, a super, super savior, uh, a saving, wow, I got this ticket, Paris, France. Wow, how much did it cost you? $10.98. Who, who got you that ticket? Oh, so-and-so and so-and-so. Boy, I would really be suspect of that. Most people would. Amen? So don't be so quick to believe something that someone is telling you. Especially when it's pertaining to something with your life, a loved one's life, someone in the family, or any situation. Just don't be, don't, don't be so willing you know, to believe everything that you hear. Believe not every spirit. To test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone unto the world. By this know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. 
And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Please align. This is that spirit of Antichrist of which you have heard that it should come. And even now is already in the world. All right? And don't think that this isn't so, you know? Okay, now, this is not, obviously it's not saying that this is the Antichrist, because we know according to Revelation that is yet to come, but it's that same spirit which would be counter to Christ, counter to the Word of God. And that spirit is in the world today, all right? Anytime you hear someone that, uh, at the, where the, the site of the World Trade Center, that those beams that fell, that were, that were left standing in the form of the cross, and those atheists were saying and, and started a legal battle to have those beams taken down and can't be put into the Trade Center Museum because every time they walked past it in the street, they got sick and they got nauseous. They couldn't take it, got headaches and everything. Can't believe the thoughts that I had, how to remedy that situation. Amen? Amen? But, but, but these are things, you know, and that's the spirit of Antichrist, okay? Because they want to do away and undo everything that God is talking about. Which you have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Okay? And that's another thing that should be a part of your morning prayers when you're getting up. You know, when you, you're, you're, you're about to go out on your business, I know one of the first things I always pray is in the name of Jesus, I rebuke your spirit of fear because the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I go on down the list, infirmity and worry and ang- anger, uh, worry and anxiety and stress. I go down the whole list in the name of Jesus. All of this starts when I'm showering until the time that I'm getting dressed. And I'm rebuking these things from going forth into my day. All right, because I don't want to go forth in my day with anything coming against me that's going to hinder me in operation away from the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the other thing that I always pray is that I say, and the reason that I say this to you when I'm rebuking these spirits is because greater is he that is in me than you, foul spirit, that's in this world. And the he that is in you is obviously referring to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit that's in you is greater than any, any spirit of Antichrist or any other demon that would be out there. Verse number five. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world hears them. We are of God. Please in the line. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears us not. Okay? So when you're talking to someone and they're not hearing you, it could very well be because they're just simply not of God. All right? And you can talk to them until you're blue in the face. This is why I just refuse to get into an argument that anyone that is with someone that is not a believer. I refuse to. You know, I will take the discussion as far as Holy Spirit guides me, but then at some point I'm going to break it off and say, well, you know, I will continue to pray for you, you know, and then go from there. Let Holy Spirit deal with it. Because they simply can't hear you. They, they simply cannot hear you. He that, is not of, he that is not of God hears not us. By this know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay? Now, that's the other thing. Please underline the spirit of error. That, that, that's another spirit that, that's out there. And when you're going through deliverance and, and so forth, that is one of the spirits that you bind up and come against. But that is the spirit of error. That's even someone that will quote scripture to you and be quoting it all backwards or quoting it wrong. All right? But it's referred to as the spirit of error. Because they're trying to tell you something and not knowing Holy Spirit, they're getting it all wrong. All right? So verse number six again, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. 
He, he that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears, us, hears not us. All right? Someone that comes in here and listens to any one of these sermons and is simply not of God, they're not going to hear what I'm saying. All right? Holy Spirit could be working on them and drawing them, and at some point they'll start listening. Something if they're if they're searching, they'll start listening and oh wait a minute now what, what was that he said what was that what was that and, and 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 all of a sudden the attention is grasped and I've seen that happen literally in the eyes of someone who's coming to the congregation sitting there and I can see where they're all over the place and their mind is someplace else and you know on the phone or texting or whatever and then something is said and all of a sudden I've seen the person stop and all of a sudden look up all right and I won't break. Break rhythm at what I'm doing, but I know at that point Holy Spirit got him. Holy Spirit got him. All right, at that point. So then they start listening. Then they start listening. All right. But then it's up to them whether or not they want to do anything with that revelation. All right. But he that is not of God simply does not hear us. That's simply that's the reason why someone that you're talking to does not understand what you are saying because they're they're of the world and they're not hearing you. Okay. So just in closing, one last time, we are uh, five and six. They are they are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world, and the world hears them. Okay. When they start talking about things from their point of view, all of the others will hear them and understand them. That's why so much in this country here that's going along, I said before, that which is right seems wrong and that which is wrong is right. Because all those that are professing the wrong things, there are many people that agree with them. And that's how it all falls in, and that's how the movement starts, so to speak. Someone was preaching today on um, uh, how wide the gate is. To the path of unrighteousness. Did you hear that? It was the path of unrighteousness, okay? And boy, and there's a wide gate. And boy, half the country's going through that gate. Half the country. And there's a small few of us who's, who's choosing to go through the narrow gate. You see, and that's what's happening. And that's what the scripture here is saying here. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. You know? Do you ever see how, 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 how anything can, can happen in one city? And, and the facts being shown that things are wrong, but yet still all of a sudden, all across the country, it starts breaking out in other cities. And it's like you're saying, gee, can't those people hear? Can't they see what's happening? But just because it's happening here, it's like the spirit, that evilness, that spirit is jumping from city to city. And they're all following in the same direction, regardless of what the facts are. But because of the fact that others are going there, they're saying that's the right thing to do, and they're going. They are, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears us not. By this know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Amen. So discernment, discernment, saints of God, discernment. You know, you were prayed for for that, for the gift of discernment. You need to exercise it. You need to use it. Holy Spirit shows you something that is not in line with what you want to do. You need to listen to what Holy Spirit is saying because it will wind up, you know. If you find yourself all of a sudden hassling and a whole lot of stuff going on, you need to ask yourself or in, in prayer time, Lord, how, how did I get here? How did I, how did I get here? You know, did, did I not hear you? Did you give me some warning? Did you show me something? Did I just insist? All right? Because with discernment, God gives you warnings. He gives you options. He gives you things to see. You know, learn to listen to that little quiet voice that you hear in you. 
You know, what did Elijah say when he was hiding out in that cave, right? And he was waiting for the word of God. And the scripture says that there was thunder, you know, but the Lord's voice was not in it. There was a fire, but the voice of the Lord was not in it. There was a wind, and the voice of the Lord was not in it. But then there was this still, small voice, which was the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you hear that little voice that's in you. You get that little feeling that's in you. Don't do this. Don't do that. Listen to it. Listen to it. Listen to it. Amen. And stay away from chef salads. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.